0: FALLIN! You gotta stop looking back. When you get looking back is a stiff neck.
1: Listen, there's only one flavor to a margarita, and it
0: ain't strawberry. You know, find social groups, hang out with like-minded people.
1: We're gonna talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. How's that?
0: Have you ever had a corned beef taco with mustard?
1: Alright, alright. Everybody take a knee, drink some water. I know you all want to get the fuck out of here, so let's get this show started. Hey, welcome back everybody and uh, happy
0: St. Patrick's Day.
1: Yes, sir. It was a good one. It was a great weekend for me. I know you are definitely a celebrator of the St. Patrick's Day. I wouldn't
0: so much call it a celebration as more of, you know, taking some time to really do some introspection, a lot of meditating yeah, and Mm -hmm. uh, really getting in touch with my Celtic roots.
1: Well, I know you take it serious. Um, I just like drinking, um, Green beer,
0: but anyways, you know it, that's fine because we're good like that. Us Irish don't mind letting everybody be Irish, yeah, for a day, and we that's don't cool. we don't get offended when you guys put all these horrible stereotypes. High, 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 such high, such high, Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All
1: right, well, uh, thank you for that, and also thank you to you guys, the listeners, for putting up with our first episode and giving us some great feedback.
0: Yes, and to all of those that took the time to write. Constructive criticism, we appreciate it. And then for those of you that were very passionate about Mario and I changing our diets, as of now we have not added bags of dicks to the diet, but we'll let you know if we did, change our mind. Did somebody uh, suggest that? Yeah, they were oh. clearly a fitness guy. Okay. One, yeah. you know, worried about our blood sugars. Okay. Suggested we go on a high protein, low carb diet. Okay, that's, that's. I'll consult. I'll consult my physician and let you know how that goes.
1: Yeah, we'll look into it. I'm not. I'm not ashamed. Um, Anyways, other than that, we had some great feedback, and we we do truly appreciate it and listen to what you guys are telling us. Um, So once again, thank you all very much for that. I believe we've got some sponsors. Yeah, we
0: actually managed not to lose our two sponsors. So first (laughs) up is Mechanical LLC, your uh, friendly neighborhood consulting firm, everything from aviation, security, legal, and uh, technical. No job too big, no job too small. From heroes to zeros, we got you covered. Why don't you tell us about our other one, Mario?
1: So, year-round Patriot, Um, so far, they've helped me pay for my microphone, so that's uh, really appreciated. Uh, And by they, I mean me, since I'm the one who owns it, and I am the one who does all the wooden plaques and all the decorations for your needs. Uh, We've got uh, Americana-style decorations for uh, any occasion throughout the year. Uh, and as Abe uh, likes to say, is if you have a man cave, this is the place for you. So visit us on Facebook. I don't have a website yet because I don't want to work that hard. But uh, check us out on Facebook year-round Patriot. All right, let's get this show started, man. You
0: know, let's before we do though, let's just kind of address the elephant in the room. Um, okay. You know, I saw you walk in, hanging your head low, and. You look like you haven't shaved in about a month and just looks like somebody kicked your dog. You all right? What's
1: what's going on with you? I'm trying to be happy. I'm trying to be motivated. We got a podcast here. But um, I don't know if you heard over the weekend or sometime at the end of last week, um, Toys R Us announced that they are closing down all of
0: their stores. Did you hear about that? You know what? I got to be honest. I haven't been to Toys R Us in years. So, no, I did not.
1: Yeah, no, I know, I know, and I feel bad. It's like that one aunt that you loved so much, and you haven't visited her in ten years, and then all of a sudden she died, and you regret it because you hadn't visited her. That's kind of how I feel. That's taking
0: I gotta be honest. That's taking it to kind of too extreme. No, that's
1: how I feel. I, I feel bad. I feel like I let them down.
0: I didn't know I, they had a Toys R Us in Juarez when you were growing
1: uh, up. <laughs> That's why it means so much more to me. Because when I came to the land of America, it was the one true place I could. There is no place like Toys R Us. You know what I mean?
0: Yes, Yeah. yeah. What, so, what about that giraffe guy? Is he looking I'm for work now? You got anything lined Russ up that you kid. know about?
1: Or? I don't know, man. Um, what was his name? Whatever. Oh, Jeff. Jeff, it was. <laughs> you know the name. <laughs>
0: I mean, I've got was, kids, okay? but I, I, I don't know.
1: His name was Jeff.
0: Jeff. Lahid Afa. Hello,
1: I'm Jeff. Yes. I need a job.
0: <laughs> well, he's going to be on the side of the road. He's going to put Listen, that neck to good work.
1: It is sad because it reminds me of my childhood. Um, everybody loved Toys R Us. And here's the thing is we never bought anything at Toys R Us, but it was a great place to go spend time and just look around. It was a great place. It's kind of like going to a tactical shop now, right, where you only have like a $20 budget, right, because the, the, the missus won't let you spend too much on it. So you literally just go and spend an hour there, and you're only going to go buy one thing, right? And so you go there, and you walk around, and you look at everything. Yeah, That's kind you. of how it was for us as kids. We couldn't touch anything. We couldn't buy anything, but we could at least spend an hour walking around and yeah, looking see, at all the things we couldn't have.
0: My Toys R Us was replaced by Harbor Freight. I don't know if you've ever been to Harbor yes, Freight, but I, I go have. to Harbor Freight. That's kind of the I same thing. I tell my wife, like, I need to go buy a screwdriver. I agree. And she's like, don't you have screwdrivers? Like, no, no, I need a specific length, size, whatever. And four hours later, I come back and coupons and yep. free free flashlights. I mean, so.
1: Yeah, no. But that's, anyway, that's, I, 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 it's I feel, feel you It's the grown man's, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, warehouse or a tool store or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um toys r us man that that's why i'm depressed and here's the thing man you know um maybe if they had grown up they wouldn't be filing for chapter 11 bankruptcy just saying oh you know they didn't want so to you grow don't think, up
0: you don't think amazon killed them you don't think it was yeah actually you know that they made
1: a deal with them back in like early 2000s or something like that where they amazon started uh selling all of their toys online uh-huh. and um so yeah you actually make a very very good point but that's probably because they didn't believe in the internet right. uh, at Toys R Us, at least, and so they just let someone else deliver so their toys. So yes, I do Jeffrey, agree that. the happened.
0: giraffe you're saying is going the way of the dinosaur. Yep. because he could not adapt to the he yep, he didn't grow up to the business climate.
1: He, he did not grow up in the business
0: climate. So well, you know I'm what? sorry to hear that, man.
1: It is sorry to hear, but I also understand it, and uh, it is the way it is.
0: So let's move on, man. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's something that may make you... Uh, Tell me. This may make you smile. I know it did. I smile from ear to ear. So uh, right. good old Donnie Trump, <laughs> Uncle Donnie as I like to call him. Yeah. You know, he's the modern day Uncle Sam, Uncle Donnie.
1: Yeah.
0: He just decided, he said, hey, man, let's start a Space Force. And I don't know about you, but I heard the word Space Force. I thought Buzz Lightyear. I immediately went and started designing a space shuttle door gunner patch that I could put on my body armor. Like, I'm in. Wait, did, I'm he, in.
1: did he really say that because i've heard people talk about it i've heard uh, there's a lot of uh, memes, no he said, there's videos but did he actually say he that he
0: said that in his mind because we announced like we're going to mars or something right and, you know like everything else it's going to be great it's going to be great yeah of course but he said basically the space was a military battle space and that's the way he wanted to look at it and yeah. so he said hey why don't we make a space force so is he, he wrong I don't know. Is that not the future?
1: I mean, think about
0: it. Manifest destiny across the galaxy? Maybe. I mean, they once said about that's the, the frontier. Hey, let me tell you this,
1: though. If there was war in space, just thinking about it right now, that's going to be horrible. That's going to be horrible. It's like saying, imagine we're gonna be we're going to fight all our battles underwater. I hate going underwater. It's the same thing because you're going to be running out of air. You get a little hole. You don't. Know, I mean, you don't. You don't have to worry about lasers getting shot. You just have to worry about
0: malfunctions. I'm pretty sure you're going to have to worry about lasers in space, though. It seems like I'm a saying that's
1: that, that. I'm saying there's things that could happen before you even get to the laser parts. Well, mishaps, fires. Okay. You're 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 just 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 getting into space. All those things. That's scary to me. The well, fact that we're going to be fighting in space.
0: I don't know. Matt Damon. Uh, he survived on his own pretty well. He oh, a little Matt. tear in his face. Oh, good old then, Matt Damon. You know, good he, old He survived long enough to come home and protest for gun control. So
1: I don't know. It's scary to me though. But hey, more power to you. If you did it and you sign up for that.
0: So you're a no go then. Are you I gonna don't be, think you're gonna so. be
1: Space Ranger. I don't think so. I don't think so.
0: Good thing is though, your fat ass will float. I'm so gonna be protesting out here. Easier. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the hey, run march
0: will be a breeze with a gravity.
1: That makes sense.
0: I am up for that. See, we don't have to run anymore. I could you be can't, a, you can't run in space. No more ruck I marches. Could be. What's artillery gonna look like? Can artillery stay here? You're gonna man on satellites Earth?
1: Can we just stay on Earth and then man satellites and that's artillery? I'll do
0: that. Sounds like a good <laughs> job for you. You can fight wars from a terminal. <laughs> yes. Not me, man. I'm getting the first door gunner spot. I already told you, I, I got dibs on it. Okay. We'll see, man. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear you're cheering up a little bit.
1: All right, so hey, let's get into this, man. What's our topic for today? What do you want to talk about? <clears throat> what knowledge do you have for us today?
0: Okay, so today's topic, unofficial title is this guy, right?
1: This FN guy, okay. Right?
0: But the uh, official title as it will be published will just be that guy. I want to talk about we that We can call
1: guy. it this effing guy if you want no, to. That's okay. Nah,
0: whatever. This guy, We're gonna that We're going to get guy, in the whatever. up for it a little bit later. i okay. got a special treat for you guys today.
1: Mm.
0: But the guy the I'm talking about, time. Mario, the yes. guy I'm talking about... Tell me. ...is that super armored Delta Ranger guy that you see at the Target. Yeah. He's in there, and he's buying some uh, toiletries, if you will, loading mm-hmm. up on some ass wipes and okay. some paper towels, and he's got his tan Bates boots on.
1: Okay. His... I'm, I'm...
0: his Olive drab or desert 511 <laughs> tactical pants on. You I'm know the ones, with the, the ones with the built-in tourniquets on the knees.
1: Yeah. In case, oh. he, in
0: case he hits an IED over that's, there. That's sporting good section. That's fancy though. Yeah. That's and then fancy. he's got the 511 polo, two sizes too small. Okay. To you know, show off the guns. Oh yeah. Got the pen in the little pocket on the arm there, right? <laughs> yeah. His rigger belt is loaded with all kinds of goodies. He's got a Gerber on there. Two cell phones because oh, yeah. you, know, you gotta have the cell phone. Guy, right? And
1: what about the cell phone case? You got, you got oh, a it's, it's uh, digital, camouflage, yeah, <laughs>
0: it's, it's Marpat, it's got an evil globe and anchor on there. And you know what else this guy's got? He's got a long, thick, disgusting goatee about okay. four inches too long that looks like it hasn't been washed in six months.
1: All right, right.
0: He's got his imitation knockoff sun watch that he bought off Amazon for 12 bucks. Best thing he ever bought, by
1: the way. Is that what he is that no, what that uh, is? No expected? comment, right? Okay. And
0: then I've got your olive drab or your black your rubber wedding ring yeah because it's tactical in tactical case, in case you got a tactical re- rubber yeah. wedding ring yeah okay. you know I think they're in they're, case what well in case you got a fast rope out of the minivan okay to pick this kids up do an fill at 235 you know yeah. that gets hectic right yeah but you know who I'm talking about right you I know do guy, and, right? and why so much hate? oh no wait, 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 wait. Okay. I, I can't forget the coup de grace okay. okay get the Punisher you got the operator cap with oh. the Punisher patch on the front right this is the guy. That's awesome. This is the guy I'm talking about. Sounds right? great to me. Well, you know what? It's Why all the hate? But seriously. I'm not hating. Cause, okay. Because hey, as a veteran, I can tell you right now, we've all had our this guy phase. Right. We've all had to take off one uniform and try our best to find a new one that fits. Yeah, I get it. It's, but but this guy just gets me. Because it's like <laughs> you are, you're a walking punchline, and you don't even know it. Like, for example, if you go to Whataburger and you wanna go get a burger, right? And I'm lucky enough, I live in the suburbs over here in Phoenix, right? So there's an actual mountain range separating me from the ghetto. I'm very safe over here, right? And the neighborhood that I live in is very affluent. Like, I'm not affluent, but everybody else is, right? So we literally have professional athletes, business owners, all these wealthy people live here, and then you see this hard ass walking into the water burger. He's got got a, a holster, a tactical holster, SERP a level three with the trigger lock and the whole nine, right? And a big old hand cannon on his side to get a hamburger, right? And so I what laughed. you're
1: saying is there is no need for that here?
0: No. And here's my thing, though. And was he showing it? It was fully on display. Okay. Like I said, he had the tactical rigger belt, you know, gun, Once extra again. mags, right? And I'm not talking law enforcement. You right. Know, I'm just talking a guy that, you know, on lunch break from Lowe's decided to throw his strap on his hip and go get a burger. And here's my thing, right? Like, this isn't political. This isn't all gun control or right to carry. Man, I believe all that, right? This is just about, like, taking a look in the mirror and saying, like, what What are you doing? Like, why are you dressing this way? You know, and what gets me is because we were in the military. And we dressed a certain way. We looked a certain way. We did things a certain way. We talked a certain way. We still sound a certain way. So you have all these other identifiers that are naturally going to be there, right? But you know what the military never taught us when we went to a tactical situation? Hey, get a big orange vest, illuminate your position, and announce to the whole goddamn world you're there, right? So, if I'm a veteran <laughs> and I am a veteran, so and I'm worried that I'm in a situation or an area where there may or may not be the need for well placed fire and, and tactical movements, I don't want to look like that.
1: Well, unless you're wearing a PT belt,
0: oh, well, for safety, yeah.
1: Because nothing but, happens. But you understand to you. what I'm saying, right? But There's I know re- what you're There's saying. There's a reason yes.
0: the military goes to war in
1: camouflage, right, right? And not pink jumpsuits. So, in other words, let me just try to understand what you're saying. Cause I know you're not really hating. I know you're just making a statement. I get it. Um, just like hipsters, veterans are just another form of hipsters.
0: Can we do that we like that.
1: hipsters. We like our style. We like our our caps. We like our gear. Um, so I get it. Um, but what you're trying to say is sometimes these things don't really make sense.
0: No, and here's my thing, like in I, the
1: environment that you're in.
0: I own every one of these pieces of clothing. Yes, that I have just described, right? Same here. And when I go hunting, I go to the gun range, that makes sense. I put that type of stuff on. If I uh, trying to fit into your environment, right. and you know and in regards to like the whole firearm thing like I carry, I believe in the Second Amendment, I want to protect my family, but I want to do so responsibly and, and again, I'm more of a tactic. I look at it more tactically. I'd, I'd rather conceal carry so that I'm not a target if something does go down.
1: And that's what I well, I
0: agree with you there. But what gets me, though, about this guy, this guy. This guy. <laughs> is that I look at him and I think to myself, what's going on, brother? Why are you going so so hard? Why are you trying to put out this this image? Like, hey, look at me. I was a soldier. I was a veteran. Look at the way I dress. I'm ready for everything. You know, it's it to me, I see that and I see a cry for help.
1: Well, you know what? I, that's a that's a good point, because. I guess what I'm what I'm seeing, too, is maybe not necessarily a cry for help, it, kind of in a way, it's someone who hasn't adapted yet to their environment, right? Uh, maybe they're not fitting in. And I know that this is probably going to sound I don't even know how to explain it. But I know people are not going to enjoy this part because there's a lot of us that enjoy dressing this way and doing things this way. Uh, But um, it it is a very different type of extreme way to dress. And it is almost calling out for help, maybe, or saying, hey, I need to adapt. I need to fit in. I need to find other people like me. Uh,
0: I I don't know. Well, like, here's what I mean. So when you're in the military. Is it bad? You know, they can be, and that's what I'm driving at, right? So yeah. if you were in the military, you were taught team above all else. So you lose your identity in the military. You become right. part of the greater the, – you're a cog in the machine. And But you, the military does it in such a manner that that's how you identify. They tear you down. They build you in their image. And when you get out, you don't have that identity anymore. And I think, like, when I got out especially, you kind of struggle with that. Now, we respect our uniform so much that we're not going to, you know, throw on our uniform with a pair of jean shorts. And we're going like to try to, we will simulate? not disrespect that, that <laughs> uniform, but you know what? We want to wear things that make us feel comfortable that we can identify with. Got it. And what I think it the real, the real thing is, is like, don't get me wrong. You're on the weekend. Play on player, you know, let your freak flag fly, do whatever you want to <laughs> do. Right. But what I'm worried about though, being in the yes. industry that we're in is where does what it happens you? when it starts affecting you? Yeah, and what does it do?
1: How can it affect you? So here's an example. I've worked with employment a long, long time, uh, over five years, six years now, helping veterans, family members, find jobs with their resumes and you know interview skills, all that stuff. To include how to dress for an interview, right? And so I would say my experience um, when it starts affecting you is when you start. Wearing that gear to your job interviews—that's so just one way.
0: Who does that? Like, for tell example. me some. Have you in your experience? I have, have experienced it a lot, a lot. About, let me tell you. That. Let me give you
1: one example right now. Um, there was a uh, a job interview, or I'm sorry, a um, we had set up a hiring event for this one company. Uh, it was just one company that literally wanted to hire 20 veterans, and they're like. You know, as they walk in here, you know, as long as they have their resume, you know, that makes sense and they have they they match the the jobs that we're looking for, we're going to hire these veterans. So it was a very simple hiring event that we had set up, right? Uh, About five, and we only had about 30 people show up. So uh, that means that, you know, there was a good chance that you were going to get a job there if you just did the right thing and the things that we told you. About five of those folks showed up with – Cargo pants. So you Um, you met
0: with them beforehand? We had, yes. Okay.
1: Yes. Uh, Including an email that was blasted out to all of them that, for the most part, I would never have to tell people how to dress. But in this case, I knew. And I said, this is the type of um, uh, dress. This is the dress code, if you will. Right. And I explained it. And people still didn't follow the, the dress code showed up in um, tactical gear, I guess, is the best way to explain it. Um, Some cargo pants, some still had their Gerber on their side. Um, Some of them had a holster. Now, they didn't bring the gun, but they had the holster. So that's just giving that employer an idea of who you are. And here's the thing, nothing against you for owning a gun, but... Just like you you don't want to tell the employer what religion you are, how old you are, uh, your your sexual preference, any of that stuff, it's none of their business, right? You want to improve your chances to get that job, right? And so my point is you you put all this stuff to the side. You come in. You wear a different type of camouflage now, the camouflage that makes you blend in with this company and what they want to see, and then you get the job, right? So
0: like a good way to relate it in the veteran world you know, on the enlisted person side anyway, is you would not show up full battle rattle to an NCO promotion board. No. You would put on your class A's and you make sure your rack is squared away and your boots. Especially are when you. your but NCOs not, start telling right. you what to wear. But you're not going to show up in PT gear. Yeah, exactly. And it, so in the civilian world, it's, it's the same thing because this is what we're driving at. We're not telling anybody to not be proud of their service or – Not at all. There's nothing wrong with getting out your grunt style or your Ranger Up t-shirt on the weekend and going, you know, whatever. But we're talking about when you're making decisions that seem very minor, that they end up affecting your livelihood, your ability to make money. That was
1: one hiring event that we had helped put on specifically for veterans. Mm -hmm. I've seen it many other times at other hiring events that we've been a part of helping out. I've seen them come into our office that way when they're asking for help. And that's fine when they come in like that. Uh, because you're not the one hiring them. But uh, you could just see that this is going to be an issue moving forward, right? So tactfully, no pun intended, we try to tell them, you know, hey, when you go to your job interview, this is what you should wear, and this is what you should not wear, and things like that. It's easier for us, or especially for me as a veteran, to be more open with other veterans and tell them, you know, how to do this. But think about this. If you go to a, uh, just a city uh, employment um a career center, whatever you want to call it, that is there to help you with your resume and other stuff. A civilian isn't really going to be able to tell you how to dress. It's going to be harder for them to tell you that, um, and for you to trust what they're trying to tell you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's easier for veterans. So when when that happens, like, not a lot of people are going to be open to telling you what's right and what's wrong. You know, so you have to be able to make those choices. Or decisions yourself too. You have to realize that this isn't
0: always good uh, for every occasion. Well, no, and it's again, it's about recognizing your situation, taking the right tools for the re- for the job. You know, um, the other thing that it it ties into though is this whole thing that we always like to talk about at work of being able to translate your soft skills into civilian to the civilian world. So, you might have been that hardcore door kicker. Or that combat engineer or artilleryman and or you may have been some type of operator. And the all of that is great. But the problem that you run into is that no unless one, you're gonna be like a policeman or you're gonna serve, you know, some type of law enforcement agency or maybe even a contractor, you don't need those skills in the civilian world. And I'll tell you right now that JP Morgan Chase <laughs> does not look for door kickers when they're trying to hire people to, to train to become financial analysts.
1: Yeah, it's not – I'll say this. It's not that you don't need those skills. It's, you don't need to showcase them on your on your uh, you know resume. Uh, you definitely don't need to talk about them in your interview. Um, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, when I first came back too, um, I was looking for um, a job, and one of them was actually at a bank, and um that's the last thing they wanted to know was you know how many uh raids I was involved in mm-hmm. or how many weapons I was uh, proficient in right things like that um they wanted to know my leadership skills you know if if I knew how to count obviously if I could um, if I'd been to any kind of training that uh was um, you know similar to what they offered in in the banking business or as a manager or things like that and the truth is there is there's a lot of training in the military that can transfer over into civilian life as well. Uh, very easily. It's just about you understanding what those are and then just translating it.
0: You know? and, if, and if you've been in the military for any amount of time, well you know, if you're a guy or a gal just was in four years and got out, no doubt you at some point in time have learned something about logistics, something about leadership and personnel management. And what you really need to do is you really need to figure out a way to highlight those. Now, if you were an officer or senior enlisted, then you've got that type of talent you know, in droves. And these companies nowadays, they know that. And there's a lot of private companies looking for veterans because it's easier for that company to teach you whatever technical skill or whatever type of skill they need you for that job. It's easy for them to do that. But what's extremely hard is for them to teach leadership, yeah. and to teach accountability and decision making and things like that. So, as a veteran, you have a lot of these natural talents. And one of the things that we try to do at our work is we try to bring that out of these different veterans and their family members. And that's why today we're sitting here talking about that guy. Because you know what? We all love that guy. We really do. And, and truth be told, if we could just be that guy, we would just stay that guy. It's too easy, right? It is.
1: <laughs> it's comfortable. I still love my boots.
0: Oh, you yeah. know, I, I still got I
1: mine. my my cargo pack. It makes sense, man. I'm that guy. As a kid, I was that guy with a um, um, a bullfrog in one of my pants pockets. I had marbles in the other. I had a slingshot in my back. So, like,
0: so you were you were you were you were Huck Finn, Huck Finn, or, or Dennis
1: the Menace? Maybe I'd like to, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm still that guy. I like to carry shit around. Uh, And um, so, yeah, I get it. It's comfortable. It's awesome. It's what we're used to. It makes us feel good. It reminds us of something fun. It reminds us of the military, maybe uh, the brotherhood or sisterhood and whatever. Um, There's a lot of reasons why, right? So we're not trying to knock that. You know, we're trying to say is when it really starts getting in the way of living a normal life, being able to find a job, being able to fit in with other folks, that's when it becomes an
0: issue. Yeah, and you know, and if you are that guy... You know, ask yourself why. You know, personally, I can tell you when I was that guy, I was that guy who was still wearing combat boots and polishing them to black glass every day and looking like an idiot when I was, you know, out working.
1: Did you wear them to the club? Let me ask you that.
0: Well, I didn't go to the club. I had oh. kids and I had stuff to do. But you know what? If, but you would have. But I would have. <laughs> I would absolutely have. Because what it what it is, is it's about finding an identity. We kind of touched on it earlier you have this identity, the military tore you down and rebuilt you in their own image they, they built you the way they needed you to build and so as a service member you held on to that, you hold on to it in certain you know certain regards right and not everybody is totally over the board like the guy we described, I mean my favorite is uh, when you're at work in the office and you know the other vets before you even talk to them you're looking, you're surveying your surroundings, you attention to detail, you look over and see a guy wearing nice dress shoes, a nice black pair of slacks, button up looks like a million bucks, right? But then all of a sudden you see his waist and he's got a riggers belt on. Yeah. Right? A you riggers
1: see, belt on black one. pants.
0: Yeah, black one like this guy. I is, would love to see that. You know, boardroom to battlefield. I don't
1: think I I don't think I've actually seen that. I've seen I've a seen lot of it. things, but not that one.
0: I actually uh, saw that two places. My first place was at a recent job fair. Guy had a nice suit and then he had his rigger belt on. A riggers and, yeah. belt? How do you even do that? does it even fit through the loops? This or is it over this guy made it work and you know what he had a cell phone on one side and a Gerber on the other. I might
1: give him the job just for that.
0: Figuring <laughs> it out.
1: I don't know, just saying.
0: It's just little things, you know, you see. Um, and as you know, I kinda think like as as veterans get a little older, they kinda tone it down. You know, you Because you get used to your surroundings, yeah. right? Yep.
1: So here's one thing. You said earlier, I wanna go back to this because you talked about you know, operations, you talked about uh, learning a lot of different things in the military, right? So what is one of the first things you would do if you were to go out on a mission, right? Depending on what your job is, but what is one of the first things that needs to be done if you're, let's just say you're going to a a certain location, what do you need to know?
0: Well, before I go anywhere, we do some type of op order, warno, some type of Research like whether we're going to do a, we're going to do a route recon, you know, yes. on the photos or whatever. Hood. Basically, we're going to gather as much intel about our objective as we can before we go. No one ever just says Hey, get in the truck and let's go. And Figure you're going to do what? Way. Study it. Yeah, we're going to research it, study it. We're going to possibly do rehearsals. You and know? you want
1: to make sure that you are going to accomplish the, the mission. mission, right? Yeah. So let me ask you this: Let me put you in this scenario now. All right, now, scenario. Your mission right? Because mm-hmm. we've been joking about these guys wearing this gear and stuff like that. By the way, you females, you're not getting away with it. You do it too. I've Some it. of you. Some of you do it too, and we're not going to get into it now, but there's another type of female that wears a whole, that is a whole other camouflage type of thing. We're going to get into that on another episode, and we'll bring a female here to debate us. So, yes. But, you do it as well. Anyways, going back to this. So, um, because we're about to get real, so your mission now is to get a job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, and you have uh, gone to an employment resource center, try to get some help. Got your your um, your resume set up nice, you know, uh, you know, translated. You got some good information on there, and now they've set you up with a job interview uh, at whatever. Right. Uh, it's a store Company here X. as a manager. Right. Let's just call it Company X as a manager. You've got some of the information now. Now, what are you going to do on your own besides the information they've
0: given you? Well, if if I'm taking this and related to your military if experience, I'm taking this as a mission, okay, because okay. this is my new mission. So, what's your mission to my get the job? To to get gainful employment. Okay. To be successful in my interview and get get hired so I can pay my bills. So, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to research company X. And I don't mean just Google them 10 minutes before you walk in. Like I'm going to research them, find out what they do, how they do it, where they do it. If possible, maybe even visit them in advance. If it's a, if like, for example, if it's a retail operation, maybe I'll go visit one of their stores. Maybe I'll go check out one of their on-site locations and ask for a tour to see what they do. So I can really... Be familiar, so I can show when I get in that interview that you know I've done my research. Would you I'm,
1: look into what they wear?
0: I am. Um, you, you know what? I'll get what to, their uniforms I'll are. Get, I'll get to that in a second. Okay. So one of the things that I want to be able to illustrate in my in my interview of, to prove that I really have done my research is not just the nuts and bolts. I want to look and find out what that company's culture is what is their corporate culture what is their mission statement and then as I'm making that tour visiting site, that's when I start noticing okay what are these people wearing at work are they a uniform personnel do they have maybe just a specific type of dress code is the dress codes between the different levels of employ- or of employees different example does the manager if this is a store does he dress different than the hourly associates does the corporate environment look different than the manufacturing environment by the end of this, So what I want to do is I want to make sure I understand that, and then I want to make sure that I understand what the requirements are going to be of me on a daily basis, my appearance, things like that. One thing I definitely want to do, though, is I want to make sure that not only do I look extremely professional for my interview, slacks, a tie, a button-up, something that looks business professional, okay? no, Nothing like... I'm gonna to go to the to the range afterward, or hey, guess what? I'm gonna leave and go to the club afterward, right? <laughs> I want to make sure I'm dialed in. But another thing I really want to do, though, and this is something that we kind of touched upon in in our op order here. I want to rehearse. You know, we would build a sand table, just
1: like you would, in and the military, we would brief
0: and say, okay, right? take it from here, walk us through the mission. But for this interview, I want to do the same thing. <clears throat> I want to put those clothes on. I want to make sure that I look good, but then I want to go online. I want to find interview questions and ask myself these questions. Be prepared to answer questions. And if it takes you looking in a mirror and reciting the answers to these questions so that you're comfortable, and that's what you got to do. So, okay, let
1: me ask you this. You just came up with this just by kind of comparing to the military and what you would do. Before a mission, right? Mm-hmm. Before doing anything, right? And you just kind of transferred over into what your new mission is, right? I'm using in those
0: soft skills. Those soft
1: skills, okay. So did you know, maybe you do, maybe you don't, because you're, you know, in the same world as I do. But when I started five, six years ago with this, I, one of the first things we learned was all this stuff here. Mm-hmm. And so we actually do teach people to go do research, one. Um, if you can, do a drive-by of the location so you can actually time it so that you're not late. Plan there, your route. Be there early, yeah. These are things that are actually being taught to civilians, to everybody when job searching. These are not just military folks. So another one is um, know the, the uniform. Always dress one step above what the average employee wears, right? Match what the managers wear, things like that. Mm -hmm. Know your job description. And then we also used to give out uh, 50 interview questions, most popular questions asked, right? So you could study. So everything you've said is actually being done. Now, this is being taught to everybody, right? When you go to an employment resource center, either from your city or whatever. Real
0: quick, just real quick. Without getting off track, what is an employment resource center for those who may not know what that
1: is? An employment resource center could be anywhere from your community. They could be in your library. Goodwill has resource centers. I know people probably don't know that as much. They're not known for that, but they have employment resource centers. where They actually help you with your resumes. They help you with your... um, uh, interview skills they help you find a job things like that um, there's plenty of them throughout the city the statewide has the uh, arizona at works here in arizona uh, other states have the same thing they're probably called something else but these places have also vowed to help veterans especially the government-run ones they um, uh, always put veterans first they have special people with special training i know because we've trained some of those folks so you go in there, and now they understand the language. I know earlier we talked about how difficult that could be for a civilian to help a, a service member. Well, you don't have to worry about that as much now because there are people trained to do that. And there are also veterans working in these environments to help you uh, you know, dress right. the right way, uh, speak the right language, translate your skills on your resume, all that good stuff. And one,
0: one key piece of uh, information that you've left out, although you've been extremely thorough, is... This is free. Oh yes. So as a veteran sorry, I forgot, I didn't even have to mention services that but you're are right. Free. It's all free. There are people that will write your resume. They will help you translate your skill set. They will help you practice your interview. They and the Goodwill, the good thing about the Goodwill is if you're struggling a little bit and you don't even have money for dress clothes, they can get you dress clothes. They can help you look and dress the right way, talk the right way, and be successful. So if this exists
1: for everybody already, Mm -hmm. imagine how much easier it would be for you as a veteran to follow these steps when these are things that you've already done in your military career, right? So when we say, don't throw away all of the things you learned in the military, right? A lot of it is useful. These are those skills that are useful. This is much easier for you to understand to follow these instructions than your average civilian who's never done that, right? To you, if you compare it to what you did in the military, you can do exactly what you just did right now and say okay this is my new mission right this is my recon this is my you know i got to listen to the s1 you know maybe that's your old lady whoever that is but whatever that is right um, it should be that much easier so if you have that understanding you can switch that mindset to your new mission then it should make it that much easier for you to be able to accomplish and if it.
0: you do these things successfully you make your own op order you execute you knock people dead in these interviews with your skills, not only are you going to be successful and find a job, but you're actually displaying all those soft skills that we talk about. Your ability to plan, to do a little bit of of research or recon, whatever word you want to use. Your ability to assess a situation and adapt to a different environment because it's not the military anymore. It's the civilian environment you're adapting to. You're putting on display all the things that make you a very valuable candidate and you're doing so in a way that not only is going to benefit you in the long run with you know good employment but you're also going to benefit your employer and so <clears throat> those are the skills that you want to display okay take the combat boots off put on a nice pair of shoes take the 511s off you know, you can go to Van Houston, for example, so and buy a $25 nice. pair of they're pants.
1: so nice. I know I get are, it.
0: But you know what else is nice, too? Paying your bills.
1: Oh, and, yeah. And providing oh,
0: yeah. for your family. Yes, Save please. that stuff for the weekend. That And that's where we're going with this. Highlight what makes you better than your civilian counterpart. These, these skills.
1: So I know that we got into uh, this whole employment piece uh, for quite a bit, uh, even though we were talking about that guy. But the reason is... Because that is such an important part of it, right? Adapting, um, you know, being that guy or or trying not to be that guy and trying to fit in. uh, A big part of that is employment. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say? Uh, A big um, failure, I guess, on on our part as as service members, as veterans, um, is that we fail to adapt. And one of the worst things that can happen is not being able to find employment. Not being able to find those things that make you a better person or just even just happy, right? That is, I think, where it gets really difficult, right? So it's not just us talking shit about that guy, you know? It's about, hey, man, find how to fit in. Find the things and resources. Be
0: adaptable. You know, and honestly, I can tell you my own personal life and then also from working with the people we work with, when you really stop and you take a good, honest assessment of yourself, and you look in the mirror and you see that guy, and you take time to answer the questions like, why am I this guy? You're going to start this process. And you'll realize that what we're not telling you to do is to forget who you are or where you came from. We're just trying to get you to identify what you need to be in order to be successful. And you can't do that till you recognize that you're that guy. There's that old saying, right? If you walk into a room full of assholes and you can't see any, well, guess what? You're probably the asshole. asshole. And so...
1: Wait a minute. I've heard that before.
0: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? So you got to figure it out. And that's what we're going. That's why we're starting this conversation. I, I think this one's going to be pretty good. Um, a lot of people are going to talk about this one, I think. Yeah,
1: I think so. I think there's going to be some people a little bit hurt about it, but that's okay because we've all been that guy. We've all been that guy. So it's not... It's no shame,
0: <laughs> just... <laughs> no, but what we're trying to tell you is that you have goals, you need to accomplish them and you need to be honest and if you don't remember anything else, I know you remember this, the military taught you task condition and standard. And that simple little process there is already steps ahead of your civilian counterparts who don't know how to operate like that because when all else fails, you identify those three things and you're good to go. So, and let me let me say this, just one last yeah.
1: thing. It's not about the pants Right? It's not necessarily no. about the boots. right? Nope. It's just our way of saying, don't be that guy. Right? See, and that's what the easiest telling, way to
0: describe it. What you're telling your employer when you show up to an interview with that type of clothing on is that you don't know how to adapt to your new environment.
1: Or other people outside.
0: Exactly. People see you and they look at that and they go, he's still stuck in that military or she's still stuck in the service. But you know what? Let's transition a Which is bit fine,
1: here. right? But we're more than that.
0: Yes. We're so much more.
1: Okay, so what so do you
0: got? We talked about the pants because you're right. You made a great point. It's not just about the pants. It's also about the way you talk. Okay. So obviously we we say things like Charlie Mike, Tango Mike. Don't boor, be that guy. Hoorah, but I, but, all that, right? But, but that's not what I'm talking about Who is so much easier? But that's not even what I'm talking yes about yes or today. anything else. Okay. I'm not talking about military acronyms translating from military to civilian. I'm talking about something that exists in the military culture. Roger that. That needs to be addressed before you walk into that interview. Cool. And like G.I. Joe said, no one's half the battle. So today, what we're gonna talk about in Sergeant's time is our little buddy, the F word.
1: Man, G.I. Joe, you just reminded me that Toys
0: R Us closed down, buddy. Yeah, well, you're gonna to learn today, Mario. Huh, looks like we got ourselves a genius here. What are you, some kind of rocket surgeon? Task, conditions, and standards. Your other left. We're gonna go over FM 6 22. Hey, high speed.
1: You're going to learn today, Sergeant's Time.
0: I love that intro. I really do. I I don't know. why. It just reminds me of so many good and bad memories. All right. So, our friend, the F word, right? Our friend, the F word. One of the most versatile words ever. It is a noun. It is an adjective. Just to make sure people know, right? It is a verb. Yes. Right? That's the F word we're talking about. So, In the military, it doesn't matter what's going on. The F word is never really inappropriate. Fuck no. See, exactly. First sergeant's on you, riding you, trying to get this maintenance done. You're like, fucking A, it's done. Fuck him. It's a superlative. It's a compliment. Wait, what was that word? It's a
1: Superlative.
0: That's a big, I like fuck better. So, let's talk about this F word. Where did it come from? How did it get here? And why we don't need to use it when we're in an interview. So, first of all, here's your education. The F word is of Germanic origin, related to the Dutch, the German, and the Swedish word to strike and move back and forth. Its first appearance in written word was in the 16th century manuscript by Cicero in, in Italy. It can take it. It can trace its origins from that man from that manifest, uh, what's manuscript. I can't even speak now. Yeah. Right? Back to I'm just gotta say fuck. <laughs> back to an anonymous friar, who while reading Cicero's work, wrote down in his book a little note that said, "O.D. fucking abbot."
1: O.D. fucking yeah. What does that mean?
0: It's not a money. Oh. The fucking abbot. Okay? So That's Italian. how he said. It. Well, these are Italian monks, right? Oh, a friar. I thought you meant like a fry cook. No, no. Because those guys can cuss. You're always talking about food. Yeah. All right. So anyway, what he meant when he said, "Oh, the fucking abbot," he meant like this guy is having too much sex for someone who's supposed to be celibate because what? He, wrote, he was reading a story about a monk who apparently loved some ladies and was just getting after it way too much. So this fucking guy, when he wrote that. He changed the meaning of the word from to strike, you know, repeatedly, to now we have this connotation where it means to have sex. Well, it kind of does mean
1: to strike repeatedly, depending on.
0: It was a natural <laughs> transition, as they say, right?
1: Uh, I strike repeatedly all night. <laughs> okay, five minutes. Okay,
0: okay. <laughs> so uh, now you fast forward, right? A few more years later, John <laughs>
1: Florio. That's my fast-forward noise. He by wrote. The
0: way. He wrote a dictionary translating Italian word John Florio okay. again another one of another one of uh, Italian people yeah. so he changed the he wrote an um, a dictionary translating Italian to English and in the book he wrote hey fuck you he wrote the Italian word is fotteric okay For so fotteric to fuck right so if we trace the the etymology of the word and we and we translate it like we do in Spanish to you know male and female so fortrice is a woman fucker? Right. <laughs> Wait, a, a female okay. that's a
1: fucker, or a, a guy that fucks? like a woman. A woman who fucks. Who fucks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not a not a male no, that fucks women. No, no, okay.
0: no. A woman. Fucker. And then you okay. have Fortiori, which is a man who fucks. <laughs> okay. And this book really legitimately uh, was described in history as being the first book that was full of fucks. Book. So, Mister really? Mister Filiorio. Had a lot of fucks to give, and he wrote them down in his book, and in doing so, changed the course of history. What's the name of the book again? The dictionary. Oh wait, it was a dictionary. It was a dick. It was a dictionary. No, just a dictionary. Diction is into speak. So 1598 that happened, right? So from 1598 till about the mid 19th century, fuck just meant to fuck. That is what it meant. Meant to have sex, engage in sexual congress, usually. To do so in a negative manner. You oh. would not use the word, you know, quotes saying when you're talking about oh. romance. You know, when you're playing that Luther Vandross by oh, the fire, you know yeah. that. No, this was, this had a, a negative connotation to it. Let's throw, make right?
1: some love, sweet lady.
0: But, fast forward again, mid 19th century, some somehow the word fuck became a swear word, it was used to offend. It's also used to relieve one's pain. Yeah. To express extremes of emotion. Fuck. So it took 300 years from the <laughs> word to go, to, he fucked her, to, that's fucking awesome! Yeah. So it evolved. 300 years worth of evolution and to become what it's become evolving. today. Dude,
1: I have, some of the most clever people have used that word in, in ways I can't even imagine.
0: You in know, least. and in the military, like, we joke, but there are some... Truly gifted individual yes. who makes swearing just an art form. It is. An art form.
1: We should have a competition. We,
0: should. we should
1: start the first fuck off competition.
0: I, I don't, don't know. That just sounds like a logistical nightmare. <laughs> but this is the best part. Fuckity fuck fuck fuck. Yes. The word fuck was also used to, to uh, mark another milestone in human history. The word was used in a, by the by when the Franciscan friars penned a book called De Officis, right? Yeah. Which literally, if you read it, looks like day offices, right? Because it's from the Latin. And you know what this book was? It was the first guide to moral conduct, A.K.A. the very first H.R. manual in the history of man. Moral had conduct. Had the F word in it.
1: Moral con- mortal, That's how
0: special this word is.
1: Mortal combat. Did you say Mortal
0: conduct? No, I said like the, the video Moral game? Conduct. Oh, Moral A Conduct. A guide on how to behave in the office, if you will. An oh. HR manual. Okay. Which brings us full circle. So here we are again, adapting to our environment. Fuck. When your boss greets you in the morning and says, Mario, good to see you this morning. How's your day going? And you reply, fucking great. Yeah, no. You
1: can't do that, huh? No. You know? Mind fucking alone
0: you can't go into the you can't go into the interview and say nice to be here how the fuck you doing right huh no you can't do that
1: no you can't that's a great point because i mean
0: the reason to bring it up is we all know when you get to the point in the military where that's a greeting yeah the f word is a greeting it's our favorite word because not only is it colorful and allowed and so versatile but it's efficient one word I don't need to learn multiple words to express a thought. I've got one word, like huo, that I can use in many different ways just by changing the inflection of my voice, the look on my face, you know, the volume of how I use it, and honestly, just knowing the right situation. Well, Abe, that was fucking interesting. You know, it certainly was. I...
1: I, that I was actually more interesting than I thought it was going to be. It was entertaining, and it was educational. I hope you learned a lot. I hope that is uh, an example of what fucking sergeant's time is
0: going to be now, from now on. Just remember. You want to give
1: him a sneak peek of the next one?
0: You know, you know? what? I don't want do to do that yet. You um, don't want to do that yet? Because it's still up in the air. I've seen I w- it,
1: and it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun.
0: <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. But just remember this, next time someone says, watch your language, just tell them you're speaking Italian because it's from Fotere, or maybe you're just saying I'm hearkening back to my Germanic roots from the 16th century. And a fry cook made up. No, not a fry cook, a fryer. Made it
1: up, right? A a
0: Franciscan monk. A fry cook made it up, so we all know cooks love to cuss. And you know what, just on a side note, if 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 your HR rep's giving you hassle, just let her know, or him know, hey man, F word's in the original HR manual. It's not my fault you changed it.
1: That's fucking cool, dude.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, having said that, take this time to thank you guys for listening again. Remember, check us out, Fallen360 page on Facebook. Tell us what you think about the episode. we got some good ones coming up. We'll be talking to Sue, different career paths with um, a director of a local culinary institute. We've got some guests that will be on the next show as well. Yeah.
1: Yep. If yep. there's
0: anything out there you want to hear us talk about, Let us know. Send us a message. Once again, uh, like Abe said,
1: hit us up on Facebook, uh, Fallen360. And uh, for Abe McCann, I am Mario Aguirre. Thank you all very much, and we are out.